For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to fish bites. It's Thursday, September 28th, 2023. New Jersey's fluke season is officially closed and Black Sea Bass will open again this Sunday, October 1st, a 10 fish bag and a minimum size of 12 and a half inches. So yes, welcome to the final week of September 2023. I'm Jim Hodginson with your video fishing forecast for the New Jersey, Delaware Bay region. And I wanna start this week's video fishing forecast with a trip back in time. Okay, it was on October 6th, 2022. I did our weekly segment from Fisherman's Headquarters in Ship Bottom, and it was after two weeks, two straight weeks, of northeast storms and tropical systems here at the Jersey Shore, just getting bombarded with onshore winds and swells. And now looking ahead towards that weather forecast for that particular weekend, uh, when I looked at it on Thursday, winds were expected to lay down and turn offshore from the west-northwest, which they did, and my optimism then was pretty strong. No reasonable reports really coming in from the inshore or offshore grounds in the past seven days. I have to think that the surf casting options after the storm heading into this weekend ahead are probably going to be your best bet for folks looking to score. It'll be interesting to see if the stripers, if they kick into gear right after this storm, I'm sure there's a bunch of stripers feeding in that turbulent ocean. And some folks have been out there throwing bucktails. I know that as well. But now that the winds are going to subside heading into this weekend, it'll be interesting to learn if we can get out there and throw some of those plugs and score immediately after all this mess is done. And that is coming up this weekend. Now, later in that segment, I mentioned how we were just about to rip the lid off a 55-gallon drum of, well, fishing action. And as you may recall, Saturday morning, October 8th, a bum rush of jumbo stripers piled on bunker uh, right in close, it, right in the wash for boats right outside. The run was officially on and the Buffalo Stampede was underway. So now we look at this week's marine forecast at the Jersey Shore from NOAA weather. It's supposed to continue northeast all the way through Sunday at least. It's a storm system that doesn't seem to want to leave, but it will. And if you see west-northwest in the forecast at some point from now until next week's report, my advice to you is get ye to a beach. I'll be in Florida next week for a sport fishing summit. You know what happens when the cat's away. I missed the October 8th bite last year because I was away. Mad dog bite too. So it only stands to reason if I'm gone. You'll find more about that particular week in 2022, an epic 22 it was, when you open the October edition of the Fisherman Magazine. I just got mine already this week. Great cover, beautiful cover by Captain Scotty Sevens, and it explains a lot about what you'll find in the magazine. Now, in the glossy section, you'll find a series of articles, uh, fantastic pieces, uh, night vision for anglers, uh, top, top five fly picks for the Northeast uh, in terms of stripers, uh, some water temperature um, equations from uh, Dr. Adam Aguiar, tog jigging, blackfish buffet, and another tail end from my friend Rick Methot. Now, if you open up though in the inside of the magazine, it's a pretty thick magazine. You won't find a magazine this thick anywhere. But look at the table of contents inside the New Jersey Delaware Bay edition, page one. Nick's article on October plugging. It's called October Dynamite Will the Fuse Light Again? 
That's what we're hoping. Oh man, from Nick's keyboard to God's ears. For Delawareans, there's a spotlight on Indian River Inlet on out to some of the wrecks and reefs for sea bass and fall tog. Tom P., the madman from Rack and Fin Radio. He talks about chasing some of those blue cats on the Delaware. And field editor Anthony Califano, he's our South Jersey field editor. He breaks out the cast net to fish peanuts for bass, blues, and weeks. Perfect time, right? Now, if you go to page 20 and 21, my two-page spread on sodbank stripers, green marsh grasses and high tides for October, sneaking in tight with the Minn Kota and banging on those outback stripers. That bite should be intensifying after this blow, and I can't wait to get back out there, albeit next week. My weapons this year, smaller topwaters, uh, the Savage Gear Panic Popper. Just, uh, just, got a, just got one of those. I haven't even used it yet. I look forward to it. Yozuri's 3D Inshore. Love it. The new Tsunami Tidal Pro iPops. Love them. You can't go wrong with the classic Stillwater Smacket Junior and Intent Tackle's Bay Series Poppers with the single hooks. Another great plug. I've caught some fish on. Load up, my friends. The time has come. By the way, should things catch fire on the open beaches after the blow next week while I'm away, Nick's article has that tactical advice, including a few of his favorites for taming buffalo when the herd arrives ashore here at the Jersey Shore. Could happen this weekend. Uh, my advice is keep an eye on the weather and if you have the opportunity, pay frequent visits to the beach. And if it's still rough and tumbly with that nor'east, go with the bucktails. Uh, nice bucktails, just enough to get it to float nice and easily, but you can get in there. I'm sure the stripers are there. Plenty of peanut bunker around right now, so plan accordingly with those presentations. But we also have had a run of finger mullet pouring out of the inlets and down the, down the beaches. Last Wednesday, I heard from William Coppola. Saw him up at the Long Island show last Thursday, too. He got on bass before sunup last week, throwing a five and three quarter inch SP minnow in bone. Uh, three fish in a pool for the, uh, right on the beach. It was low tide, but some of these uh, uh, sloughs were emptying out on water. He was just fishing some of that deep water, cover of dark, SP minnow, bang, he was on them. Uh, hard body plastic swimmers, the SP or the mag darter or bomber, always good. Other fine mullet imitations, I would tell you about those molded plastics, uh, also the stubby metal lips. Uh, just make sure you have that, that soft-tipped rod, right? Um, you don't want that stiff, fast action. You want a little bit of a softer rod tip so that you can feel the wiggle and wobble of that uh, uh, metal lip um, uh, plug. That's always the best. I love the little neck poppers uh, as well. Uh, I keep one in my bag at all time, but it's a great mullet imitation. You can pop them, and those uh, slightly sinking ones, they swim really nicely on the surface too. You just nice steady retrieve, and I twitch it every once in a while. But it has that signature mullet V-wake, very effective lure. Now last week on Open Boat, uh, the Fisherman Magazine's Jenny Ackerman reviewed some of her favorites for the peanut bunker run. Uh, you can find that feature on our YouTube page. It exists alone. Go in there and take a look inside Jenny's plug bag. Uh, but it's also, uh, as she reminds us, never too soon to stock up for later in the season when we hope to be in the thick of the sand eels again come sometime in November and December. But it's definitely time to slim down your selections when the sand eels arrive. Here's Jenny, open boat with more. Hello everyone, welcome back to the backyard. We are here for the part two of the fall run, what's in my bag prep. Last week we talked about peanut bunker, this week we're gonna talk about sand eels. Now sand eels are a little bit different when you're fishing from them off the surf. You have to match the hatch. So for starters, we got a whole spread here of hooks. 
So I'm going to be careful picking them out, but we have the classic diamond or Ava jig. I like to use like this olive color or we got a bigger one here, the chartreuse and then like a bone and we got a barrel of monkeys Ava jigs here, another olive. These are excellent sandal imitators. They've been a classic for many, many years, way before my time. And you never want to not have them in your plug bag during the fall run. So after the Ava jigs, you can use, of course, a, still got sand on it from last fall, um, the Tsunami Sand Eel. This is another thing you do not want to forget when the sand eels are around because it is a perfect sand eel imitator. Next up, if you want to throw some wood, there's always the classic like needlefish. This is a little big ed that I like to use with a nice teaser tied on the back of it. It's an old wooden needlefish, but you can throw needles. Last but not least, you can use different epoxy jigs that these, I mean, it just screams sand eels right here. So, you can use these and all these lures are excellent to have in your plug bag. They're relatively slim so you can fit a lot in your plug bag which is always a lot of fun. And now of course what's fun with um, the sand eel bite is you can double up so you can take your Ava jig or your epoxy or your tsunami sand eel, tie it or clip it on and then a little ways up do a dropper loop and you can tie on a sand eel teaser. This one right here, this one's got some battle scars, but it's been, it's been used and it's caught fish. This is by Shelly Karras, a legendary surf caster at the Jersey Shore. It is a beautiful sand eel imitation. It's got peacock feathers. And this is a great one you can use as a teaser. Another one, uh, this was made by Connor at Grumpy. Shout out Connor, he makes some really nice teasers too. And you can tie these on your dropper loop and have them just a little bit above that main lure. And you could double up on some stripers when the sand deals are around. So I hope you enjoyed this little two-part series of what's in my bag for the fall run. Whether it's peanut bunker or sand deals, you gotta be prepared. So remember to take this little lull of the dog days of summer, September months, to prep your plug bag and get ready for when that fall run season hits. See you guys out there on the beaches. Now, if you'd like to apply any of these surf tips that you hear in the fishermen or the ones that you've got under your belt already, uh, and, and apply some of that plug in this weekend. Carl and the boys at American Angler will host their American Angler Classic in Seaside Park this Sunday, October 1st. If you want details and to register on, uh, for that contest, you can contact Carl at 201-481-4390. Also on Saturday the 30th, the Hudson River Fishermen's Association will be out at Sandy Hook for their annual fly fishing event. The meetup is at Lot C at 6.30 a.m. Fish from 7 till 11.30 a.m. Awards and barbecue to, uh, to follow at noon. If you want details on that event with the HRFA, you can call Michael Sardinas at 201-232-5988. All of this information, by the way, you will find 
in the September edition of the Fisherman Magazine, which you probably still have at home. That's got the full calendar of events. Then comes the October calendar events to follow uh, after that. And of course, the Fisherman Magazine's Dreamboat Fishing Challenge continues all the way through November. Our members only contest. You're in the quest, the hunt, the fight, the tournament. You're gunning for a brand new Steiger with a Yamaha, the Minn Kota package and everything else. It's gonna be an incredible machine that's going out to somebody later this year. Not much happening with all this cruddy weather in the last week, but let's check in again for a Dreamboat leaderboard update with my friend Tim Smith. We had one entry in the Dreamboat Challenge this week. The fish was a 2.86 pound sea robin entered by Ken Sparks of Deer Park, New York. That fish stands as the eighth place sea robin. The top three remain unchanged. We have Kyle Krause in third place with 16 points. Eddie Terrabiel in second place with 18 points. Bobby Cifarelli still stands at the top of the podium with 24 points. The Dreamboat Fishing Challenge is the fisherman subscriber only multi-species fishing competition with a chance to win a 21-foot Steigercraft center console powered by Yamaha, along with many other great prizes. Visit thefisherman.com to subscribe and get all the details so you can be part of the action. While not a Dreamboat qualifying fish, Sheep's Head are still around and they're still around in good numbers from what I understand. My buddy Jose Ponce got on them earlier this week out back. He said, quote, South Jersey is on fire. He had four of these convict fish from 8 to 13 pounds, and yes, he caught them from shore. Also heard from Peter Pham from American Angler via the Delaware coast. He was getting on those shorebound sheep's head as well, as well in the New Jersey, Delaware Bay region, especially South Jersey. Think the Barnegat Light, uh, the South Jetty Rocks. But yeah, from what I'm gathering, those sheep's head are still here, and we'll see how long they stick around. Um, it's that time of year, of course. Uh, folks think that summer is over, fall is, is here, all the summer visitors are gone. Well, maybe a lot of them, the Bennies or the Shoebies or however you want to refer it, love you guys, keep coming. But it's not necessarily true when it comes to species of fish. We are hearing of some redfish in Cape May County uh, at this point, and uh, with many of those predators probably seeking relief from the heavy swells along the beach, probably head back in the back bays for a little quiet comfort, and that's where all the bait is anyway. So as this bait comes streaming out, maybe we'll see some more of those redfish as well. Uh, in fact, last Friday, Joe, Paul, Zig, Frank, and Tom were out looking for cobia, but found this 44-inch red drum instead. And according to the folks at Sea Isle Bait and Tackle, after a quick picture, um, they let this fish go, which you have to, a big jumbo like that. Uh, there's a smaller slot for those reds. And also, if you're out in federal waters, I don't think you're allowed to keep a redfish. You're not outside in federal waters either. But hopefully we'll see more of these redfish this fall. Uh, it's one of the fish species that's targeted for the LBI Surf Fishing Classic that uh, kicks off next Saturday, October 7th. Uh, and of course, let's hope we see some speckled trout in Cape May as well this season. World-class fishing here at the Jersey Shore. I say it all the, all the time. But I gotta say, Alaska is on my so-called bucket list, my, uh, my, my box full of regrets. Uh, and for species, you just can't go wrong um, with Alaska. I mean, we have fluke, they have halibut. We have Atlantic salmon, or we have those stock salmon, they have the jumbos. A trip recently by the Fisherman Magazine's Mike Caruso to Tanaku Lodge in Elfin Cove, Alaska was just posted. You can click on the card here uh, on the video that you see at the top uh, to watch the full video or look for this link in the full description on the YouTube page here. But let's learn from Mike himself why Alaska and Tanaku Lodge is such a beautiful place to visit. I can say one thing, you will be thoroughly impressed. Uh, 
by its beauty, uh, by its uh, incredible marine life and wildlife, but even more so by the Meyer family who does just an incredible job putting everything together and um, you know, really just assuring that you're having a great time. This Saturday is trophy night at the Tackle Box in Hazlitt. Come meet the man himself, Chuck Tyman Manny, at 6 p.m. as he talks about his proven method of catching and releasing jumbo striped bass while eeling under planer boards. If you want to catch, photograph, and release the biggest striper of your life, don't miss this event on Saturday, September 30th at the Tackle Box, Route 36 in Hazlitt. Rods, reels, rigs, boards, and tactics should be a great event. Trust me when I say the Manny method works and it works well. I'll tell you where I'll be this Saturday, and we'll answer a few of the recent YouTube comments about Orsted's impending takeover at Island Beach State Park. But first, let's check out the Poconos report. We'll head out to Dunkelburgers and check in with my man George, the Pocono Outdoors guy. Well, hey, thanks, Jim. First off, I hope everyone made it through the rainstorms of the past week in good order. You know, it was uh, some terrible flooding in the area, but hopefully everyone made it through okay. You know, with all that rain, I really put the call out to a bunch of my friends. Uh, is anybody out fishing in all this? And I got a really surprising answer. A lot of guys were out and said yes, and they were out catching fish. I checked in with a few that were pretty successful. Uh, Vincent Studer checked in, and he was out in the Susquehanna River in Central PA, out getting himself into a bunch of smallmouth, and they continued continue to be the dominant species this time of year with that cooler water. Uh, same thing with Sean Sullivan. He was working some of those waters in Bucks County. Uh, he's getting some great smallmouth as well. Also the largemouth. Uh, Rich Bates checked in. Uh, he was up on Wallen Palm Pack finding some of those great largemouth this time of year uh, producing on the pack. Now talking about the pack, you know that's been producing these stripers all year long and especially as this water cools down. Uh, let's see we had Will Grouper check in and he was out just catching some monster stripers. Uh, for freshwater this is guys this isn't the salt this is the freshwater right here in Pennsylvania also Sam Martucci out on Wild Palm Pack as well getting into some of that great striper fishing now don't forget about the crappies this time of year fall is one of the best times to get out uh, lots of crappie fish and you know they, they move in that deeper water in the day and up in that shallow towards the evening so there's some great crappie fishing Mike Gillen checked in and he was out on his secret spot and I don't blame you for not sharing getting into some great crappie fishing as well. Now finally we had Josh Nightingale out with his two little guys fishing and I'll tell you what they would not stop fishing in the rain. They, they were getting some great bass and did not want to stop and dad certainly kept them out there. Congratulations Josh you got yourself a couple little fine anglers there looking forward to seeing what they catch in the coming years. Guys I think we're in for some much better weather this coming weekend. I hope you guys get out with and get on them and don't forget to share those picks with us. From Pennsylvania I'm George your Pocono Outdoors guy. Days are growing shorter, winds a little chillier, must be time for a tropical vacation. From the Pocono Mountains to the Pacific Coast of Costa Rica, let's check in with Captain Ben, jackpot sport fishing out of Marina Pezvela in Capos. Hello there everyone, how's it all going? This is Ben Gilmore from down here in sunny Costa Rica and the Marina Pezvela. 
Guys, we had some really exciting stuff going on down here in Costa Rica. Just this week, we've been deploying satellite tags in roosterfish as part of the Gray Fish Tag Research Program. So the Fisherman Magazine have been supporting us with this program for the last couple of years. We deployed only two days ago, we deployed a satellite tag in our late, latest rooster fish, a 41 inch fish, about 25 pounds. And that tag is gonna stay deployed for the next 100 days. So stay tuned for, for results of that. Guys, offshore, we've had some beautiful blue marlin out there. We've had a nice yellowfin tuna bite and some big bull dorados as well. We're getting ready here for our Dorado Derby tournament in November. Stay tuned for that. The fishing's hot. We're ready, guys. Would love to see you down here in Costa Rica. Thank you so much. Now, in last week's video fishing forecast, we broke the news about Orsted's work schedule at Island Beach State Park. Ms. Karen Shinsky from the New Jersey DEP press office said, indeed, Orsted is getting ready for some cabling work in October. And yes, the industrial wind developers are in the park at this time now. Yes, sewer work just went on, but DEP confirmed that Orsted is there doing their work as well. Now, one of our regular YouTube trolls goes by the name Wilmar Barrick. No idea who this person is, but has not been willing to dox herself just yet. She has some rather disparaging things to say about Seaside Park Mayor John Peterson, adding, quote, if there were questions that were inadequately answered, tell us what those questions were and what response you were given. Oh, Wilmar speaks like a bureaucrat to me. Uh, are you answering the mayor's questions? Because this DEP commission and the governor's not. If it walks like a duck bureaucrat, it, it, well, you know what I mean. Well, Mil Wilmar, these small towns here at the Jersey Shore that border Island Beach State Park, Seaside Park, Seaside Borough, they're the ones that are ultimately responsible for handling emergencies if God forbid something happens with all this heavy equipment and construction crews. These folks in Seaside, Triborough tri First Aid, they're volunteers. Uh, don't you think that, th that the state should notify these towns to be on alert? Uh, it is the off season. We don't have as many volunteers in the off season. And if you knew anything about the Jersey, Jersey Shore or small towns, Wilmar, you'd understand the issues faced by a mayor and local elected officials in the off season when throngs of visitors are still descending upon our beaches. Last week, there were a number of emergencies at the state managed park that left volunteers from the local municipalities, Seaside Park, Seaside Heights, Berkeley, to manage. And here's what Seaside Park Mayor John Peterson had to say about that. I have never seen any official response, uh, which is unfortunate, and this uh, came from news outlets as well, uh, who were frustrated and were reaching out to the borough of Seaside Park for comment and confirming uh, what had happened. Uh, that being said, it's our town uh, whose very capable, and I'd say noble volunteers provide all the volunteer uh, services for life-saving, and that includes the scuba team of the Seaside Park Volunteer Fire Company, the Triborough First Aid Squad, uh, and as you correctly note, we were assisted at Seaside Heights Scuba Team, Seaside Heights Fire Department, all the groups came together, uh, including some off-duty lifeguards. Uh, everyone banded together to make sure that worse tragedies didn't occur. Uh, but we do know for a fact that there were uh, at least 
two such rescues uh, that by all accounts, and these were from laymen, uh, led to very, very tragic circumstances in, uh, in the park itself. Uh, and I have never seen any release, uh, any confirmation of that. I do not know uh, what happened, but we know that the uh, poor folks involved were airlifted out. Now imagine the DEP and the governor's office not notifying these same elected officials about untold numbers of construction workers and heavy machinery descending on a state park that has no fire or first aid of its own. Perhaps you can shake your bureaucratic tree, Miss Wilmar Barrick, and shake a few answers to those questions that these local officials have. Now this Saturday, I'll be out at the Arlington, that's on the boulevard in Shipbottom, for a podcast with uh, 101.5, New Jersey 101.5 morning guy, Bill Spadia. That's from one o'clock until 2 p.m., my old stomping grounds. I remember when that bar was called two other things before it. I'm sure we'll be talking about industrial offshore wind and the state of New Jersey's fishy politics. Speaking of which, you all know the news, one of our two U.S. Senators here in New Jersey, Robert Menendez, was just indicted on charges of corruption after investigators revealed they had found a couple of gold bars in his home, a luxury car in the driveway, and his jackets literally stuffed with hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash. According to the Senator, prosecutors have, quote, misrepresented the normal work of a congressional office. How do you think they got so rich? Finally this weekend, regarding that tragedy at Manasquan Inlet two Fridays ago, I spoke about this in the video last week. My friends and neighbors, the grief they're going through after the family's 31-foot aquasport was swamped just outside of Manasquan Inlet with three persons aboard, a father and two sons. We had confirmation this week that the body of 21-year-old Derek Narby was recovered over the weekend. We've all been keeping lanterns uh, lit outside of our homes in the past week and change uh, to help Derek find his way home. Uh, in honor of this, this son of Midstreams and the Narby family, we in the neighborhood are continuing to keep those fires burning until the foul winds of this nor'easter turn away from the coast and more fair winds blow again upon our beloved Jersey Shore. God bless the brave and dedicated crews from both state and local police the paramedics, the volunteers, and of course the members of the U.S. Coast Guard for continuing in their efforts to bring closure uh, to this tragedy. Friends, mark my words, the powder keg is being lit. Next week could be the week, it could happen this weekend. Two weeks of northeast, we shall see what happens next week. Let's hope these winds switch over to west nor northwest. It'll cool things in the back, give us glassier conditions, the bunker nose up against the wind, and Katie, bar the door, here come the buffalo. Catch them up this week. Next week, I'll talk to you from Florida while you're knee-deep in striped bass. God bless. See you again next week.